I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman. Powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome here to this edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, uh, The Beat brought to you, as you heard by our proud sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, your locally owned and operated insurance agency serving the heartland of Nebraska from Binkelman to Omaha and everywhere in between. And by the way, we got a lot of love for the Binkelman mention with Phelan Sanford and Edgewater. Uh, they, they, a lot of, lot of people enjoyed um, that, that Binkelman drop. So uh, we're proud to have Edgewater as the title sponsor here of the beat. Um, but JoJo Camps, over in some respects you guys have turned the page to illinois prep day off we're taping here on sunday because it's your day off but does it feel like camp's over or do you feel like there's still one more week before you hit game week yeah i mean for all intents and purposes camp is over we had our last scrimmage we played two quarters of football and really got after it and i think the coaches uh have a good idea of, of what the depth looks like we we had live special teams periods which was really good for those young guys and, and experienced guys to step up and make plays live bullets um you know the it, the look looks a lot different when guys are actually coming versus you know knowing that they can't make the play so um we're, we're on to illinois uh two weeks to game prep for them i'm man it's surreal right now but it, it's getting real day by day you mentioned live special teams I mean, is that something that you've done before at Nebraska in terms of like fall scrimmages where it was live special teams working in, in August? You know, I can't, I mean, I know we have before, but, um, not to this level, not to this level. Like it was, it was live bullets to the ground the tackling the returners. I mean, and these were like the regular return guys. That's right. Yeah, man. I mean, no, you're, no one's going to surprise Nebraska on special teams this year is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, that that's the goal. That's what we're training for. That's what we're preparing for. Not to say it can't happen, but uh, I'm, I am confident in, in the direction of our special teams and what Coach Dawson has, has going for us. And you're on punt coverage? That's right. So you're, are you one of the guys that runs down? I mean, what's your role in the punt coverage? Yeah, I'm the right guard on punt, so i gotta, I got to protect and cover. Um, that's, a, that's a pivotal unit just because you have to protect, and then you get, it, it's an offensive play. And protecting and then it turns into a defensive play going down and covering down so you know I played uh, on punt since a freshman um, but I, I can still clean up my footwork I can still you know make make more plays out there really focusing on on the ball getting the ball out not just going down there making the tackle how can how can we go down there and make a game change and play and really turn the turn the field position in our favor who's the like the gunners the guys that run down and there hasn't been a good one in Nebraska in a while the last one I remember is Stovall I mean that guy you know, would always be down there making plays, tackles, big impact plays. And I still remember he wasn't even on the fall camp roster. I think yep. the, I think the Troy game, if I'm not mistaken, he watched in the bleachers. And then they brought him down to, to make tackles as the gunner. Who, who are the key gunners this year, like the guys that are always going to be making tackles or kind of down there first? 
Yeah, I think we definitely have Cam Taylor Britt out there. I think we got Quinn Newsom out there as well, along with some other just speedy guys that front line dudes. Yep, that are. I mean, Cam's starter. He's gonna play damn near every snap for us. Um, and for him to sacrifice his body, his energy for the special teams unit is exactly what we need to be successful. I'm also gonna give a huge shout out to Stovall, man. That dude bleed red, man. He did not get every opportunity. Was not. The door was closed on him time and time again, and he just kept back knocking. So that's a good buddy of mine, and he definitely represents Nebraska well, and we need more guys like that on our unit. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Dolman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. So when do you guys begin the Illinois prep? Do you mean, will you start right away Monday? I mean, you're, you're going to have two full weeks uh, of, of game prep now? Yeah, Monday we uh, – I think the offense is going to give us some Illinois looks along with the defense, given the offense Illinois looks with that speed component, you know, good going against good. And then I think next week we'll start transitioning more into scout team um, looks. So, like, you don't even watch any of last year's Nebraska-Illinois game because it's, an, it's, it's, in, it's irrelevant other than the personnel. I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of the same personnel, but the schemes and the looks – going to be completely different what you see and that, that's got to be one of the bigger challenges to get ready for an opener against a brand new coaching staff yeah I mean when it comes to game plan in this this year yeah it is not prevalent with the new coaching staff and like you said let's be real no one wants to watch last year's <laughs> game that no doubt but there is so much to be learned from it I mean that was one of the games that we had to critically look at uh, after a big Penn State win it was a big letdown um, both sides of the ball did not come to play and, and did not execute to the best of our ability. And in this league, there's no there's no room for error in that capacity. So definitely learned a lot from that game. And honestly, I might need I might go back and watch it this week just to get me fired up. Yeah, that was a low point last year. I mean, there were two for me, just for my view, that game and then obviously Minnesota. When Minnesota came in with just the, the 50 guys or whatever they had dressed, and I think everybody just assumed, oh, They've been on COVID quarantine for 21 days. They're not even ready to play, and they came in and, and obviously won. I mean, that had to be a, those were probably two of the lower points for you guys last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously any loss like doesn't feel good, but you you want to beat your rivals, you want to beat those guys, and I guess they were under they were under prepared or whatever with the COVID protocol, and there's no, I mean, regardless of all that, I mean, there's no excuse for for that happening, and and we're and that's what we're trying to do, man, is we're trying to take this thing in a different direction. Like there is no, there's no excuses. There's no room for error in that capacity. Like we're in Nebraska, we win every game. And if we don't, we, we go out, we go down swinging and we win the games we're supposed to win. And the games that the other teams favored, we upset them because we play harder. Listen here to the beat with Jojo Doman. Um, there, there was um, 90,000 people in Memorial stadium this weekend, Jojo, not for a football game, but for a Garth Brooks concert, I know you went, I went, a lot of people we know went. I mean, I think if you didn't post a picture that you were at the Garth Brooks concert on one of your social media channels, like you're in the minority because everybody on my feed, I'm sure it's the same with you, was either downtown at the concert. Did, did that just kind of, when seeing that stadium full, did, did you say, man, like, did you almost forget what that felt like? And you're like, this yeah, is going to be like this for me seven Saturdays when we come in here and play games. You hit it on the head. I mean, just walking into the stadium, I had, I started to get that pregame feeling. And then to, to be sitting in my seats, looking down on the stadium and kind of just feeding off the energy of everybody around me. Like I had goosebumps just thinking about, man, I'm going to be on that field, like being able to provide 
provide entertainment, if you will. I'm going to provide energy to this crowd. Like when Garth was, you know, going around the stage and was just fully embracing the crowd, I just, I just felt myself. That's a third down sack moment, right? Yeah, there. I felt myself in his body. Like, no kidding. I was like, man, what an opportunity. What a privilege. What a platform um, it is to play for Nebraska and 90,000 faithful. And yeah, when it got loud, I just imagined third and fourth down, like the crowd going crazy and you can't hear anything. You just feel the vibration in the air. It's wild. It was loud at the Garth concert, but I'm telling you, it's a lot louder for a football game. And I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just, but I I feel like I've heard that stadium way louder in key football moments and it was loud the other night. Yeah. I mean, on fourth down, it is deafening in there. And like I said, you can't even hear the snap count. You can't even communicate the call to the guy next to you. That's why we use signals. And that's why you got to watch the ball. It's because when it when it is really turn up time and the crowd's really into it, you cannot hear a thing. What was your favorite moment of that concert? The uh, I loved when his wife came out and they sang "Shallow." Um, <laughs> me and my girlfriend, man, we 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 really liked that movie, and that was a good moment for us. And we. Uh, I was with some teammates and we had a great time, man. It was it was a good time. Did a lot of I mean, I, and I know I'm old. I'm forty, and so. Garth, my era knows Garth, but your era of guys like the 1920 and 2122s, like there aren't a lot of guys probably that had Garth Brooks songs on their iPods or whatever they listen to music on their phones. But did did guys just want to go to take part in the in the event or? Yeah, I mean, I know that some Nebraska dudes definitely knew who Garth Brooks was, but for me myself, I've only heard the Oasis song and Friends in Low Places like a handful of times and I don't know any of the words except for the chorus and he, it was still a hell of a show so man and and through my experience there and just talking to people they, they talked about how much of a legend he was how, how how long he's been doing this and I didn't know I was in the midst of a legend until about like three-fourths through when he was bringing the house down yeah it was incredible and, and it makes you just realize how special Nebraska is I mean the state has 1.9 million people and that stadium was full of over 90,000 people for a, a concert in the middle of August and we're still in obviously COVID times. I mean, it it was a rarity to see something like this going on, that many people supportive and behind something like we saw the other night. Right. Yeah, we're going to see the same thing on Saturdays, man. I, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Okay, as we wrap up opening headlines, JoJo, um, you know, there's, there's some unique things that we're bringing here to the beat each week and I wanted to use this opportunity because Edgewater um, is, is going to do something every week here on the show during the season, um, teaming up with local charities and, and whatnot. Give us an idea, JoJo, of what you and Edgewater have going um, and what you plan to do this season with this partnership. Yeah, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate and I have come together to give back to our respective communities through what we're calling the Husker Heartbeat Give Back. Throughout this season, Edgewater will be donating $1,000 each week, each game to a respective charity and to, to use this platform and to use um, our resources to benefit people less fortunate, man, is what this is all about. And I, I'm blessed to be in this situation and, and to have Edgewater as a partner who, who has the same morals and ethics and principles that, that I stand on. It's, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. And obviously this is a very unique partnership with Edgewater. Uh, it's name, image, and likeness, but we've talked about this. It, it's we're, we're providing great content on the show, and Edgewater's making that possible by the title sponsor, but they're also now giving back through the name, image, and likeness platform that we have here with this opportunity. That's right. I mean, 
some foundations that, that I specifically chose um, to give to is Team Jack, Compassion International. I, I, I've been sponsoring a kid since 2019 named Comey Vincent. Um, we're going to give back to his family, the pro football camp, which is um, my, 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 my parents' camp um, that is a non uh, nonprofit organization, excuse me, uh, that, you know, half the kids – are, that attend are on scholarship because they can't afford it, and then the Sam's Fultz Foundation. So a bunch of a bunch of charities that that hit home to me that I have personal relationships with that I care about and that they're willing to to fundraise for and to give back to. Man, it, it means the world to me to be a part of this. And then Edgewater will choose seven more additional charities, uh, two that we know for sure: Cure Search and Quinn Strong. And those deserve the eyes and ears and hearts of Husker Nation. So lots of good stuff here coming on the beat. And JoJo, um, you also have a website, The Dominator. And <laughs> and I, I think when people see that name, they just say, oh, it's your nickname. But there's a lot more to that as well. And some cool gear on, on the on the website. Yeah, man. I, I'm repping right now. I got some gear on Level 500. Um, they do a great job. And they want to they wanna provide... Jojo Dome and gear to anybody and everybody from uh, men to women to to young kids and even babies. We got we got some baby clothes out there. So man, there's something for everybody, and and, and I'm and I'm just glad that 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 people are willing and want to rep my name um, and what I'm about out there. So we have some very unique designs that I came up with, and hopefully throughout the season we'll even get even into some more stuff. And follow Edgewater. Uh, they're on Instagram at Edgewater Insurance. JoJo is on Instagram um, as well as Twitter. Um, so you, you can find him on all those platforms uh, very easily in the show um, at The Dominator, at Husker Online, at The Beat underscore podcast. Those are our main platforms. And you can download us on iTunes, Spotify, um, just about any, and Megaphone, Husker Online, we carry it. So you can find this show. And we encourage you to subscribe to the Husker Online channel, like the podcast, download the podcast. The numbers last week were amazing, by the way, JoJo, um, for the Adrian Martinez interview. I don't think anybody should be surprised because that might have been one of the best interviews, if not the best interview we've heard from Adrian Martinez in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Adrian for coming in here and opening up on there, man. And the numbers reflected, and we're hoping to build on that. That show really set the tone. Set the tone. And we got a great one today. We are going to have Markel DeSmuke and Ben Stilley, two other super senior six-year guys. I mean, the three of you guys will be at Nebraska a combined 18 years. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to have two fellow black shirts in the building. We're going to get after it. We're going to touch on their journeys and, and their and a black shirt mentality and everything that entails. So I'm excited to get after it. Well, and Ben and Markel are here. They're eating all the Tanner's food in the back. And one of our proud sponsors brought in food for the show today. And Gary Michaels made an appearance up here to drop off some stuff as well from Gary Michaels Clothier. So we've got a fun show on tap here. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, as we mentioned uh, in the opening headlines, going to be joined here by some special guests and now pleased to be joined in studio by super seniors Mark Smuke and Ben Stilley with Jojo Doman, this segment of The Beat. Guys, brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. And uh, Jojo, you got to go in Tanner's this weekend. Had some food. Cassie, the GM, stopped up here, delivered some food for the show. I mean, we're getting hooked up by Tanners. That's right. I tried them hot lip nachos and then quesadillas, man. It was, it was good. I'm, I'm glad I got down there, tried the food. It was, it was more than I expected. Well, you got some guests here. I'll, I'll let you take over from here as two guys that you've been with at Nebraska the whole way. I mean, you're, you are the – you guys have been here for six years. I mean, you played in the Music City Bowl with these guys. I mean, that's how long you've been uh, with them at Nebraska, and, and I'll let you go from here. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it's a pleasure to be joined by my fellow brothers in black shirts, still in Dismuke right now. Can you believe this is our sixth year together, man? Like, this is so surreal to me still. It's crazy, that's for sure. Yeah, time flies, man. We showed up on campus June 4th of 2015. 2016, JoJo. 16. But as recruits, when you went, like, did you go, like, on some, <laughs> did you guys go on, like, summer visits? Um, you know, were you in Lincoln in June of 15 as recruits? I know Ben was. I mean, Ben, you would have been coming to camps um, in that June before. Yeah, I was definitely here a year ahead of time. Um, I don't know if we were all here um, no, together yeah, right. on, one, on one trip. No, Kel's right, dude. We were June 4, <laughs> 2016. And there's only three of us left, man. It's it feels crazy. Uh, you look at our recruiting class. Lamar Jackson's with the Jets. Jack Stoll's trying to make a team with the Eagles. Farniak with the Cowboys. Buddha with the Chiefs. Uh, Pob's playing in the Pac-12 with Washington. And us three are still here repping the red. Um, what does that mean for y'all? How 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 have y'all gotten to this point? Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, for me, um, it, it's been. I mean, it's flown by, honestly, as cliche as that sounds, but um, I think really uh, coming here, I, I especially in my early years, um, just the, the day in and day out grind of everything and adjusting to, to college football, I, I really thought it was uh, not going to go this quickly, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the days kind of go by slowly, but um, I don't know, it seems like the, the months and the, and the years really fly by. No doubt. What about a few smoke? Now, like Ben was saying, it's definitely flew by because it's definitely an honor to even still be here today because it flew by so fast. So for us to get this another free year, it's crazy for us to even admire where we're at right now and to take our talent to the next level. So it's definitely unrealistic right now. But once we hit that field, I think reality is going to slap us in the face. No doubt. It'll really sink in once we're once we're strapped up in champagne and, and, and a game's on the line. Um, we've had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of highs and lows since we've been here. Um, I just wanted to highlight a few. Stilly, you had a sack versus Penn State last year uh, to end the game. Um, what was that like, and was that your uh, highlight of your career? And if not, what was? Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a good moment for me. Um, what, do you know what game of the year that was? Anyone? Was that game four? I think it was four. Season? It was three because the Wisconsin game got canceled. Okay, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, for for myself personally, um, what, was, what was our record going into? 0-2. Oh, we were 0-2, oh right? So, 
um, that was that was a game where it was like we're in kind of dire situation where um, the whole team was feeling it. We needed a win and we needed it badly, and um, we jumped on them quick. Um, and you know we were up, and then the lead slowly started to slip away. Um, and so you could you could almost sense the the energy in the stadium of of the the fans and and whatnot, um, which were mostly our own family members. But like kind of like oh no, here we go again. Um, and so you know just. In that moment, it was uh, it was someone needed to step up. Um, I mean, that was my first sack of the season. Uh, I think. I mean, personally, I needed to you know get some sacks on the board, and um, none had been coming in the first two games, and so that was kind of a, a weight off my shoulders too, is to to get going there too. Yeah, I remember Kill and I were actually in bracket coverage to the field on that play. So, if you if you hadn't got it done, we we were we was locked up in the back end, no doubt. For sure, looking for that pick. <laughs> uh, Kel, man, you've you have 20 consecutive starts under your belt. How, how, how is that possible? How do you find that consistency? What, what, what differentiates you to, to allow you to be able to do something like that? To be honest, I never even counted. It's crazy that it's been 20 starts. And even it's going to be even more after this year. So, yeah, it's been crazy. But being consistent is basically the, the main thing, going out there and playing my game every day, every Saturday, every chance I get when I step on that green is just – all about focus and detailing to come out and play my best ball. No doubt. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on with you is in 2019, a lot of people might not know, you you played through a serious neck injury um, for most of the season on the back end of the season. What was that like? When did that happen? And, and how did you fight through that? Uh, yeah, it was a serious neck injury. It happened, uh, I think, first quarter or second quarter of the Minnesota game. And I ended up playing through that game with the neck row, but I never know how serious it was until it kept happening over and over again after I had a tackle. So even though I was fighting there, I was going to about going to chiropractor about two, three times a week, getting dry needle in my neck and my head. But every time I made contact, it'll lock everything back up and tense everything back up. So it was part of the times I'd make a tackle and having to run out because I couldn't lift up my head or my neck. It'd just be stuck for like 30 seconds. It was very serious. I even thought about stop playing a couple games. My parents was just trying to convince me to stop playing, but you know, this, all football is all I know. So if I would have took that away from me, then I, I wouldn't even know what I would be doing. So for me to keep going, it showed me and myself uh, a certain respect for myself and knowing I can keep going through adversity. It was, it was crazy because. That feeling was like no other. It probably was the worst feeling I ever had in my life every time I made a tackle. I had to adjust through the season. I was going to tackle people in game plan. I was going to tackle a big running back during that week. So yeah, it was very serious, but I'm glad it's over with. No doubt. I'm glad you're still healthy and still playing for us. I mean, that, that right there just shows your resilience and how much it means to you and the heart that you got. So I know we was we didn't have a lot of depth that year and if we lost you we we was in bad shape yeah and that was the main thing death so it was like if i go out what, what what's the safety in the back room gonna look like right you're listening here to the beat with jojo doman guys you've all been through a lot these six years at nebraska as a group i mean when you talk about just low points of adversity i mean what were some of the hardest moments in these six years for you guys collectively to, to deal with and you know you mentioned moments like the injury wanting to, to walk away but just the coaching changes the drama the things that are out of your control even i mean that, that had to be so hard as well, you not know. necessarily walk away but to stop playing for a couple games you know my parents were trying to convince me to stop playing for a couple games but you know 
I wouldn't say walk away, but because that I couldn't do that. I can't walk away from the game, but just to make sure I healed up the right way. Just the just the drama though of everything else that deals with being a Husker. I mean, obviously there's a lot you guys deal with with just the pressures of it. I mean, how how I mean when you think about these last six years, what's that been like for all you guys? Yeah, I mean when when we were losing and we've gone through some losing seasons, I felt a lot of that weight on my shoulders, feeling like I let not only this team down but this state down. And that's something. That's the exact opposite. I want. I want to do. I want to be somebody that's 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 building something special here. That's part of the reason why we're succeeding. And to feel the opposite of that is never a good thing. And I think that's just made all of us just grind harder and dig deeper uh, throughout this process. Yeah, for me, um, really, some of the. I mean, there's been a lot of, of tough times, but I think some of the some of the toughest were uh, those Diaco years. Um, going through that season um you know that that off season i think was one of the the hardest we physically pushed um and so thinking going into that year um you know that that was going to carry over and transfer over to to results on the field and then i think getting towards the end of the year when um i mean coaches literally knew they were being fired and just like the hopelessness you feel um the the whole i mean the whole entire uh, building, you know, kind of like that Penn State game. I remember going out there and it just like everybody just knew, like we're playing this game, but you kind of knew like that was it. I mean, there was not going to be much more for these guys left. Yeah, I think, um, I, yeah, those last those last few games, honestly, being in the building was honestly miserable. Um, and it's really sad, honestly, um, for it to get to that point. Um, you know, football is a game you love, and um, you know, you played as a kid and enjoyed, and just for it to, I don't know the the place it was taken um, in those couple last couple of weeks um, definitely shows you the, the low points it can go. Do you have anything, Markel, that, you, that sticks out to you? Uh, not really. I mean, everything we went through, they basically keyed on every part. You mentioned Diaco. Uh, you heard stories about that offs that summer. I mean, was was he pretty heavily involved? I mean, he, I mean, he was like almost like out the workouts doing quite a bit of stuff pushing guys wasn't he I mean that was I mean it was it was interesting because you didn't really see that from other defensive coordinators in the past yeah I mean he had his very particular way of doing things you had to buy into his system his culture and even if it didn't resonate with us which I it didn't um he just he was very meticulous and you know I'm the things unfolded the way that they did and, and I'm glad that we're in the position right now that we are well, guys, let's pick this back up here and take a break here, and we'll come back as Mark Helda Smuke and Ben Stilley are joining JoJo Doman here. You're listening to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan uh, with JoJo Doman, Markel Smuke, Ben Stilley, as you heard, The Beat title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations all the way across Nebraska. This segment, though, of The Beat brought to you by one of our newer sponsors on the show, Gary Michaels Clothiers in, on 56th and Pine Lake. And Gary stopped up here, delivered some gear to you guys. You got, uh, and Gary also owns um, him and his son Lance. Um, they own uh, Big Red of the Rockies in Esses Park as well. And 
Gary dropped it in and gave you gave you a nice big red of the Rockies hat, JoJo. That's right, man. I'm looking slick. I am I am big red of the Rockies. It's like the JoJo Doman store. That's what's up. But then obviously Gary came up to your guy. He came upstairs and uh, to the football stadium, and, and you guys got a, a deal going as an entire team with Gary Michael's clothing. Yeah, I think he's fitting our whole team. I think it's going to be our some either it's home or away travel suit, and we're going to be looking clean. He's he's doing a great job making us look slick. It's going to be awesome. Well, let's get back to Ben and Markel. And I want to start the discussion off here um, with Markel on this question. Um, I met you, Markel, in 2015. We were in, we were talking about this off air. It was in Santa Monica at the junior college there, I think, right? Yes, sir. And it was one of those famous satellite camps. And, and you were out there with Keyshawn and O'Brien. And I don't know if Bookie was there. I, mean, I think he might have been. I mean, everybody was there. I don't think he was at that one. Um, Jebbia was there, but you, you just go back to that era of Nebraska football. There was this, the Calibraska or Calibraska movement of Nebraska football, and and you were a part of that group. But all those guys left. You're still here. I mean, when wh- when you think about that era of just your life, like just where it's at now versus back then, when you think about just there's like this whole group of guys that came, and you're you're the last one here. Nah, yeah, for sure. I mean, shout outs to them guys because everybody got their own journey. So, and them still my brothers, who I call my brothers. So, so I'm happy to where where they at in space right now, and happy with what they like got going on in life because everybody got their own journey, everybody got their own faith, everybody got their own way of doing things. So there's no bad blood with us. It's always gonna be love. And just from the Calabrasca movement, I mean, it started with me, and, and I feel like it's it's about to end with me, and many more is going to come after me, and that's what I'm trying to sit around right now. Now, Kel, you uh, to touch on your on your upbringing. You you grew up in Compton, uh, a tough a tough place to grow up, and and now you in Lincoln. How how is that how was that adjustment for you, and, and how did Compton shape you as a man growing up? I mean, to me, it's not really an adjustment because me as a person, I'm just by myself, and I mostly just want to be in a house. I'm really like a homebody, and, and I like to be away from things. So for me to come out here to Lincoln, it was just like, it's just slower from LA period. So to come out here to a slower paced city and for me to focus on what, what I need to focus on to get done, it was just, I mean, it's motivation because it's nothing to do but play football. And if you're doing something else, then it just, it wouldn't add up because I come this far, for, I ain't come this far around the country for nothing, you know what I mean? So for me to come out here and just be able to focus and not have to worry about the outside noise or what's going on outside today, I mean, it's just 100% better. Yes, sir. Also to touch on, man, you, you're, a, you're a father. You're a real-life dad. Nah, yeah, I love it. You're a dad. You got a baby girl. What's, what's that like? How, how do you balance that, playing college football? And what's that like, man? I mean, I love it. I love being a father, you know what I mean? Uh, I love my little girl to death. But being a father to me is just really being there for your daughter and the hardest part about me being a father right now is just playing football and having to maintain the father-daughter relationship from a distance because football is taking up most of my space right now. So that's probably the hardest part for me being away from her. But when I see her, it's all love, and I miss her every day. Yeah, man, proximity is power. I can't even imagine what that's like. Uh, transitioning over to Stilly, man. You grew up in Ashland. That's 30 minutes north of, of Lincoln. Um, you didn't your didn't your older brother walk on here? Yeah, he was here for uh, for a year or so um, when when Pelini was coaching. That's right. So, what what kind of dream and expectations did you have when when you were thinking about coming to Nebraska? Yeah, um, I mean, 
expectation-wise, obviously didn't didn't expect my career to go, um, <laughs> our career, our journey right. to go how it's gone, um, whatsoever. Um, you know, growing up, um, I mean, previously to, to Coach Riley was um, what I you know mostly remember is Coach Bo and uh, uh, you know kind of the seasons they'd put together and um, those nine and ten win seasons. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of those years um, prior to him was it was Callahan, right? That was coaching uh, prior to, to Bo, and so I remember that a little bit. Um, I was a lot younger at that point. Um, those years weren't, I don't know, quite as quite as uh, good for the Huskers, but um, yeah, I kind of expected things to, you know, just keep as- ascending and, to, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, when you're going to commit somewhere, you're not going to look at the, look at the, I don't know, the the bad side of things, right? You're, you're envisioning right. it to go as, as good as possible. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was definitely a dream come true getting offered by Nebraska. Um, I mean, regardless, it wouldn't have mattered who the coach was. Um, didn't want to matter who my position coach was, the relationship of the, any of the, the staff. Um, honestly, like it would have been a tough choice for me not to walk on here um, over scholarship offers from other places. Uh, that was one of the first things I remember getting offered by Wyoming, um, going out there completely blindsided. Never, never in a million years thought I was um, getting an offer when I went out there. Just thought I was going for a visit, been on a ton of visits. Um, and so once I got that offer, I was the first thing in my head: will I will I walk on to Nebraska or take the Wyoming offer? I mean, that was just just how it is being being raised here and being immersed in the culture. Yeah, man, I feel that I I felt the same way, man. It just means more to play for Nebraska. What it means for this state and this program to be part of the tradition here, man, is unlike anything out there. So and being a Midwest kid, like this is the best of the best. So. Uh, did you uh, so you got offered by Wyoming? Did you consider any other any other schools? Yeah, I mean, um, after that Wyoming offer, I mean the the big offers I had um, were Iowa, and a couple days after that, Nebraska offered me. Um, so then, yeah, you know, I had I think my top three were probably Iowa, Nebraska, and Wyoming. Um, but really, yeah, there wasn't much of a consideration process. It was kind of more of a formality thing. Um, in my head, I guess, but um, yeah, so not really. Got you. Yeah, to transition a little bit here, let's let's take our minds to to our to game day, uh, to our game day routine and what that looks like and feels like. Where's your head at? Where's your focus at? How how do you calm your nerves and really prepare yourself mentally for the big stage? I think for me mentally, I get ready about twenty four hours before. So about Friday when I wake up, I'm already in game mode until to Saturday. So when I wake up, my focus is already there. I'm already imagining the plays I'm going to make on the field. I'm already calm. I'm already tunnel vision. I'm already ready to play football again on that green field. So when I hit that green field, it's not no fake assignment because I'm already, I've been excited all week. So it's all calm with me. No doubt. What about you, Stilly? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, I approach a game, you know, just as cerebrally as possible. I think that's my advantage playing D-line, um, just because I don't, I don't think a lot of guys approach it in that way, and I think that's kind of my my biggest gift and asset um, to use. And so, I mean, for me, it's just a ton of film, um, you know, leading up into the week. But I mean, even um, the day before, um, the day of, you know, on the ride to the on the on the bus ride to the stadium, um, that's really my. Uh, 
I guess, way of, of locking in is, you know, watching film. And I don't feel like I'm prepared unless I've kind of gotten through all the film I've uh, set up in my head ahead of time. Uh, and so that's, a, that's definitely a big thing for me um, emotionally. I mean, I don't get um, too revved up. You, you, you guys know me. And yep. um, so I don't get, I guess, overly emotionally charged and, until, um, I mean, in the game itself. Yeah, man. Um, staying with you. We, uh, we couldn't do this by ourselves. I mean, as much of an individual journey as this is, it takes, it takes a community, it takes a family to, to be where we're at and to be able to make it through college and be able to make it through all the, through every adversity and all the hardships that life brings. Um, for each of you specifically, who's, who's like an influential person that's helped you in your career that you feel like you couldn't be where you're at right now without them? I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of people back home. Um, definitely my, my head coach was a huge just football influence on me um, and just uh, the time he puts in the game and just like the habits he instilled in me, that was a big thing. Um, also, um, our, our fellowship of Christian athletes, uh, huddle leader back home, uh, Barry Kittrell, he's a former Nebraska player, um, and Bo Kittrell's dad, um, who also was on the team with us. Uh, he was this... Um, I don't know, he's been a huge influence on my life just in general, spiritually especially, um, just role model-wise. He's, he's been really impactful in my life, I think, as well. Hey man, what about you, Kel? Uh, it's a lot of people who influenced me and helped me along in my journey since I started playing football with that at the age of seven. So I made a lot of connections. I know a lot of people, so I couldn't pinpoint exactly who influenced me because I had a lot of people who was influential on in me, even, even to the people and my old coaches who have died now. So I couldn't pinpoint anyone because I don't want to leave nobody out. All right, guys, we're going to come back for one more um, segment here with Ben and Markel. The segment, once again, was brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th and Pine Lake Road. They are going to dress Nebraska football this year. Uh, make sure you get on in to Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th and Pine Lake. More to come with Ben Stilley and Markel Smuke. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to the beach. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, Markel Desmuke, and Ben Stilly here as wrapping things up. Uh, it's been a great discussion. This segment of the beat brought to you by S&W Fence. Um, they are, have been voted best of Omaha four out of the last five years. Make sure you check out SW Fence. They are your best defense in the game, as is only fitting. We got some black shirt defenders up here in the studio. Um, they are based in Omaha, handle all your commercial residential needs. That's S&W Fence, a proud sponsor here of this segment of The Beat with JoJo Doman. Guys, uh, as we wrap up the discussion, I want to start this talking point off to you guys. Um, you've been through a lot of off-seasons. You've been through a lot of Augusts at Nebraska. What is different about maybe this August than previous Augusts that you guys have been through? Yeah, I mean, just as a collective, this season, how this season feels different than the last seasons for me specifically is I'm more invested than I've ever been um, on an emotional level, on a 
mental level and on a spiritual level, I got, this is all I got. This is all I'm here for. This is all we stayed for was, was to bring, to bring this thing home and to really, really feel good about our time here and, and, and go out with a bang. So I'm as invested as I've ever been. They, there is no tomorrow. There's no yesterday. All I got is today in this present moment and to maximize that and to optimize that with the men around me is, is what I'm about and, and it's the energy I'm bringing into this season. Facts. I think um, for me and kind of just like a, a thing of note, I guess, um, six-year guys coming back uh, I think is a, a different thing and brings a unique uh, perspective to the team, uh, to the situation. I know um, obviously on other teams they're going to have a lot of the similar, um, you know, be in a similar situation uh, depending on how many guys they had come back and who they were. But uh, I think just leadership-wise, um, and depth-wise as well, it, it helps a ton just to be able to um, not lose your top class. Um, I mean, for us defensively, um, we're, we're really not going to miss a beat um, picking up from last year and um, you know being able to, to grow and not have uh, much for new pieces being thrown in the puzzle. No doubt. You know, we're black shirts here. I don't know. I think this is going to be my third year being a black shirt. I don't know what that is for y'all. But, uh, I think my third too, right? Steely? Um, I think Coach Dawson's first year he was here. I got one, so was that f- that, that might be four. That this might be, be four. four for me. Then I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, like, what is what does that mean? What is what is a black shirt mentality? Help help our listeners understand what the current black shirt mentality is and looks like. Yeah. Um. You know, I think it was obviously a tradition that was, um, you know, it started with, uh, I don't know what year, honestly, it started, but a while ago. Um, and so 1960s. That, all right. So th- that mindset, obviously, and that um, I don't know, tradition has been kind of passed along. And we have some of the, the older um, guys, uh, 90s guys in the in the building. Um, you know, I was coached by a former black shirt um, and John Perella, uh, and that was something he preached to us daily, honestly. Um and so, I mean, as much as, as anyone, I've, I've had that and been able to see uh, what, it, what it means and, and what it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, more than anything, I think it's a, it's a mentality and a lifestyle, I think, is how a lot of those guys have preached it to me. Um, it's not necessarily just an on-the-field thing, but it's really a, a lifestyle um, and a, kind of a, an all-out lifestyle um, in, in all areas of your life. Right. You can't, you can't turn it on or off. Like, you either are or you aren't. And that, that's something I've learned through my time here. Kel, how about you? Same. So, I, I, you know, I ain't really grew up here. I really didn't know what a, a black shirt was till I got here. So most of the key parts you guys put on was, like, just the mentality-wise and the lifestyle and what you put in off the field is what you got to put in in the field. So it's just moving a certain way and having to always be that man every single day. No doubt. Now, uh, turning to, to, to some goals, man some goals for for this team and for this defense now what what are what are we doing what, what's our mindset help just let husker faithful know like what what energy we're bringing into this season i'll start off by saying we're trying to win games period on the defensive side of the ball period um if we didn't have an offense we had to play a whole game just defense we're trying to win that game um and that's gonna have to come with turnovers fumbles sacks interceptions and we got it we got to score points so from that standpoint we're we're really trying to elevate our game to the next level and do things we've never even done before. 
Um, and that take, that's going to take a leap of faith from us. And I think we're ready for that. Yeah, um, I think uh, first I'll speak defensively, but I think um, what it's going to require from us is, is being, you know, ending, starting this year and playing this entire year uh, third down wise, how we ended last year, right? Being elite on third down. Um, obviously, then we need to improve turnover wise and sack wise, I think are the two biggest things for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, our mentality is definitely, um, I mean, any points is too much for us. And I think that's the mentality we have and don't think that's a, um, you know, too big of a goal to reach. Um, something else I think um, that's I feel is like different from last year, kind of going back to the last segment, um, special teams wise, I think just the emphasis on that, um, that we're yep. putting on that this year, I think it's going to pay dividends. I think Coach Dawson um, is, is the right man for that job. Um, what we needed here um, to be, be really strong there and not have that be a liability for us. Yeah, man. Thoughts, Kel? Yeah, man, our special teams has definitely been taken to the next level. Are starters going to play special teams? I mean, I know we're about two weeks out now for the game. I mean, do you, as guys that are six-year guys, you, do you want to be on these units because you know it's going to make a difference in the games? For sure. I mean, you should always want to play special teams because that's a big part of the game. Every every play on special teams is a big part, uh, possession-wise, field-wise, everything percentage-wise is according to the game. So, like, every special teams every yeah i think what you're trying to say like every special team every play yard matters. is an x play like on defense like a 20 plus play is an x play but every special team's play is a huge change of field position and it's an x play so just it's it's a huge emphasis this year for us and yeah man we gotta as the leaders of this team and, and as the skillful players, we got to contribute on all facets of the game. Like when you're in situations like Rutgers last year when you guys are playing lights out, I mean, that was one of the most complete games you played all year. And then all of a sudden, a kickoff goes down for a touchdown, and none of you guys, I don't think, were on the field for those plays on those kick return type plays. I mean, you're, you're just like, put me out there. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll make the tackle. I mean, are there ever moments where you're like, I, I could go out? Because there were some guys on those units a year ago. Just from my view in the box, watching at Rutgers and some of those, I'm like, there are better guys that probably should be out there that could that could have tackled Aaron Crookshanks for Nebraska. Right. Yeah. We just have to have guys out there where it means something to them, and that you know that they're confident in themselves and in the unit that we can make plays. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to be on my honey badger game this year on punt, just going down there punching that ball. I don't even care about tackling, that dude. It's about the ball. And as special teams, it's all about the ball. And I think we're more keyed into that than we've ever been. Trent, yeah, these guys. Well, you got a kicker that can put the ball in the end zone now too. It looks like too. We do. We do. You, you may not be covering a lot of kicks this no, year. Colbs knockout. I'm really excited to. Well, no, see uh, what he isn't it Frankie? The, yeah, the the two that kick off. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I really, I don't know how much, but I think yeah, they've got a couple new kids that are in there just for kickoff duties too. So I think that'll be be uh, a good asset for us. To uh, transition. Uh, Let's talk about let's talk about the the future of this program and and who you are excited about in your respective position groups. Um, who's going to step up and, and who do you feel like has a bright future and who's going to contribute this year? I'll uh, I'll start with the D line. I mean, we're we're really honestly really starting to get like old in my uh, my position group. I guess um, maybe not old is the right term, but experienced. Um, so the, the young guys just don't even necessarily have a chance to, to step in um, unless they're just an elite talent like Ty Robinson was um, able to crack into that. But I think, guys, you haven't seen as much on the scene 
Jordan Riley, I think, is going to make a huge jump, and I, I thought that even before spring ball, um, just body body wise and the change he's made, it's it's night and day, and he's moving well. Um, Colton Feast, uh, I think he definitely will give us some solid reps. Um, and uh, aside from that, Deontay Thomas was hurt a year ago, um, but he's a guy that's been around for a while. He's going to give us uh, some good reps as well. For my position group, I think uh, about every DB that's going to step on the field this year is going to make a big impact. So I can't even pinpoint a name on who's going to do this and who's going to do that and who's going going to be good and try to give you our insight because the whole room is just took it to a whole nother level. And position-wise, it's just, it's just better because everybody's getting older, everybody's learning more and more about the defense, everybody's attacking the day every day with great energy. So. I'm ready to see what everybody's going to do. No doubt we have more depth at both of those positions than we've had in a long time. Uh, some people I'm really excited to see rush off the edge are Faldarius Payne, Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, and, and when Blaze Gunnarsson gets healthy, see what he can do, man. We got a lot of depth, a lot of guys that want it, a lot of guys who are working. Blessed to be here and be a part of this, man. It's We're really going to go in the right direction. We just I'm excited to stop talking about it and really just doing it. But this is this is us manifesting our reality, and I'm so blessed to be here with y'all, man. Y'all my y'all my brothers, y'all my best friends. Appreciate y'all taking time out of your day and joining us up here, man. For real. Yeah, appreciate you having us. Well, thank you guys. We got a combined 18 years of Nebraska football experience in here. That, that's never been done before. So this is this is kind of a, a fun segment to have you guys. A lot of insight, a lot of perspective. Um, so thank you guys for coming up here and joining us today. This segment once again was brought to you by S and W Fence in Omaha, voted best of Omaha for the last five years. Make sure you visit SNW Fence. We'll close the show with the mailbag for JoJo Doman. You're listening here to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final segment here of the show. It's been a great show, JoJo. Um, we've had Ben Stilley, Mark Ellis Muke on, covered a lot of ground out of the gates. Now we're going to close with the mailbag once again. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, your locally owned and operated insurance agency serving the heartland of Nebraska from Binkelman to Omaha and everywhere in between. Let's get to the mailbag. And I have fun doing this with you because I get to ask you, like, I don't get to ask you these kinds of questions on the Monday podium because if right. I did, people would be like, you're a weirdo. <laughs> no doubt. This is the off the cuff. We can get into, into the weird stuff. Let's get weird. All right. Opening question, who would be what star who would you be starstruck to meet? If there's somebody like that rolled up here, who would make you starstruck? Honestly, not a whole lot of people. Um as a kid, I ran into Peyton Manning and he was like a superstar at that time and I was like jaw dropped. But like in this moment right now, probably Tim Tebow. Just because if I saw him, I'd probably it'd be almost like, am I looking at myself? Is that my brother? Are we related? Like, I'd have so many questions for him. And obviously, like, I look up to him and really respect everything that he does off the field and everything he stands for. So I think I, I, I really would just Tim Tebow for sure. Okay, here's a good one for you. Name a former Husker that you would most likely want to have a beer with. 
honestly, I, I'd love to get a couple Huskers and let's get let's get a beer round going. You know what I mean? That's from the different eras, um, from Crouch to Sue to to Johnny Rogers, the Jet. Um, I'd like to get Will Compton up here, share a beer with him too, and uh, even B Riley or the Snake. I mean, I think it'd be fun to get a a, a culmination of eras. Uh, together and, and just kind of have a campfire talk. That'd be cool. Who is the smartest guy on the team? And you can't say Jojo Doman. It's definitely it's not me. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It is not me. Uh, I know Matt Sichterman is like borderline genius. Um, he's like a software engineer, and um, I know he worked for Huddle um, this summer. And but I also know that Cam Jerkins is sneaky smart. Um, Stilly. Stilly's pretty damn smart. Ty Robinson's pretty smart. Um, I know Jurgens and Robinson were taking like some pretty tough classes um, during camp. And I was just like, man, sign me out of that. No, thank you. I'm already overwhelmed. Hardest class you've ever taken at UNL. And like, <laughs> or you get in this class and you're like, how am I going to make it 16 weeks? It was, it, was this, uh, it was this class in the J school. And it, it was just about like the, the J school, the journalism school. I know. I'm just, I'm laughing. The J school. Um, it was, it was about all the court cases and, and how we have Supreme oh, laws. Com law, communications law. That's right. Was it Bender? Dr. Bender? That's right. That was my professor. And he's, he was, I mean, you how better, do you remember that? He was my professor because I've known the guy he taught my class in college too. And I just took the class and I, I don't remember. <laughs> the only saving grace for Dr. Bender's class was open notes, like on the test. Yeah. Like you could go back and research and I'm back in the day, like they had these blue books where you had to like write out your answers on the, on the paper. Mm. And I couldn't write. My handwriting was just so sloppy. And he let me bring my laptop in to like type my answers out. Cause it was open note, but that was, I mean, that was one of those classes. If you got like a C or a B, you were like, yeah, happy. I mean, because it was to get an A in that class. That was that. You're, that is a tough class. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. I just needed to get through it. And let's see. Next question here in the mailbag: If you could be drafted by any pro team, who would you like to be drafted by? Ooh, I love this question. Well, I think the first one is the Broncos. I'd love to you go stay home. home. I'd love to go home, man. Play for a hometown crowd. Um, play at altitude. Would you live at home? No, <laughs> I'd be posted up in I think probably a apartment or condo. Um, not looking to buy a house anytime soon, but yeah, to play for a hometown man, it'd be it'd be everything. And I've I've won two games, won two state championships in that very stadium, and I think it'd be super special. I think other than that, like I love the Chiefs organization, and I'd even love to go out in California, the Chargers, or. Um, I mean, take me to Vegas if you, if you if you have to. If you're going to drag me out there, I'll there's go. a Vegas Bowl this year. You know that, and the Big Ten is a part of the Vegas Bowl, so there is a chance that you guys could play in the Vegas Bowl if you if you had a respectable season. Yeah, what conference? It is the SEC, I believe. Okay, or Pac-12. I'm trying to think. The Big Ten splits it. I think the Pac-12 is in it every year. Okay, and then the SEC and the Big Ten like split it. Gotcha. So it's like a four year deal. It's two years one, two years the other. But an attractive year by Nebraska. I mean, I think the Vegas Bowl would want Nebraska out there. Yeah, man, Nebraska, everyone who wants Nebraska for a bowl game. All right. If you were trapped in the woods, <laughs> name me two or three teammates that you'd want in there to help you survive. And you got some pretty outdoorsman guys on this roster. I mean, I, 
yeah. guys that like to hunt and fish and no doubt know how to handle themselves in the woods. A couple guys, Chris Walker. Oh God, absolutely, just a machine. That guy, he's he's a tower. Um, Binkelman's finest, Phelan. Just a there's just a craftsman, just a dude that can get down in tight spaces and honestly would probably know what to do, how to handle situations. And who is my last guy? I mean. I mean, if you're going to allow me to bring Damien, I'm bringing Damien everywhere with me. <laughs> it's a Navy SEAL. Right. All right. Um, this is an interesting question because it involves your brother. And a lot of people don't know your brother. Is, the, is he number two at Louisville or is he still in the battle for number two quarterback? He's battling for number two. But he's at Louisville now. He's been at multiple colleges before. But this past year, he was at Independence U, Last Chance U um, in Independence, Kansas, and we can have him on hopefully later in the year because he'll have some stories, I'm sure, about that experience. Yep. Um, but there was a commercial that took place at Independence. With, at Ventura. With Jared Goff. That's right. And your brother was in the commercial with Jared Goff? So Red Bull did this thing where they, uh, where they dressed Jared Goff as a Juco transfer. And my brother was the starting quarterback at Ventura at the time. And they brought him in, and they didn't really say much besides, yo, we got a new transfer coming in today, bro. He was six, whatever, six five, and could throw it like 100 yards. And my brother, he'll tell you straight up, like, he wasn't scared. He wasn't nothing except he was just pissed that they gave this man every single rep. So, and, and you know how the quarterbacks stand behind the offense when they're running the offense. So we never even got to see his face. And I remember when they announced um that it was jared golf like he wasn't it wasn't like starstruck he wasn't in awe he was just he was happy that he didn't have to transfer because he was he was looking for other options once this guy walked in the building yeah because when you go to a juco you don't go to sit the bench you don't like you're there to get reps and get out get in get out all right moving on here in the mailbag this is kind of a funny one who is the biggest slob on the team Oh, my gosh. Like, who is going to have the hardest time getting that Gary Michaels suit on right and, and looking, <laughs> looking right? Because you guys are, are going to be getting those suits here sometime later this year. Who is going to have the hardest – who is the guy that is going to have the hardest time tying a tie and, and just can't even pull it off? Dude, I don't even know. Um, it's got to be an O-lineman, one of those guys. I don't, I don't think I have an answer for that one, but it was just, I ain't, I ain't going to call nobody out. We'll be nice right now. I ain't calling nobody out. All right, well, you got off easy there. I'm not gonna let you off easy that often. All right, you got to you got to give an answer typically. Okay, and most impressive play of fall camp so far, offense or defense or both. I think y'all saw it on the Nebraska football. Um, Adrian delivered just a dime up the seam. We were in too high, two man under, and Samori just honestly just split us right up the seam and. I think Kel. I think Kel makes a wrap and roll tackle there. Um, to be honest, also uh, Deontay allegedly pushed him out at the five. But that's that's the connection and that's the speed and execution that you love to see from our offense. And we're hoping to see that translate on Saturday. Who's the craziest player you've ever played with? Like psychopath wise? Yeah, just like somebody. Just like man, this guy like is nuts yeah i'll take it back to high school there's this dude named josh odom who actually played at the school of mines which you have to be super smart to play at the school of oh mines. yeah engineering college right but my sophomore year his junior year this man like had like a serious anger problem and like hit everybody 
all the time. They would be five yards out of bounds. He'd come and spear a dude. He was accountable for so many personal fouls. I broke my hand because I was tackling that guy, and he came in head first and smashed my hand between the guy I was tackling and his helmet. You got flagged for it? Not, not for breaking my hand, no. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, kind of an off-the-wall one here, but it, a couple about a year or two ago, there were a number of Florida guys that were on the team here that left, like newcom- newcomer guys that were freshman kids from like Miami, and they moved on from the program. You've seen a lot of guys come and go at Nebraska. Why do kids like that, n- newcomers from Miami, wh- why do you think some of those kids struggle at Nebraska? I think, obviously, the distance um, is hard. Um, being away from family and I think just like the perceived distance is is tough because we really don't get to see our family out here I'm I'm fortunate my parents come up to every game but some of those Florida families like just don't have the resources or the time to come up 14 hours or whatever it is and on top of it, it definitely is a culture change um some of these neighborhoods these guys come from and then coming to Lincoln Nebraska like it is completely different the expectations are different people carry themselves different people talk different people think different um so i think just the culture change could definitely be a part of that and that's why for anybody from any part of the country going to any school i think it's important to find a support system find guys that are like-minded um guys that can support each other through thick and thin and um if if you don't find that early on in college it, it gets tougher and tougher all right and the final question who is the biggest athletic freak you've played with at Nebraska? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I mean, I roomed with the kid our freshman year, and the dude, was it, was it was just walking muscle, was walking, talking talent. And, I mean, he, he'll tell you he's blessed, but also, I mean, his mindset and his resilience um, is why he is where he is right now. And, I know he's going to just keep getting better and better with the Jets. I mean, it's only up for him, and it's always been that way for that guy. So I'm, I'm excited for him, man. Blessed to, blessed to be part of his story in whatever capacity that it was. And that dude's a freak. So uh, hats off to that guy. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Show three in the books here, JoJo. Make sure you log on and find us on iTunes, Spotify. Look us up on the Husker Online channel. Subscribe to us. Like us. Download us. It all helps. Um, as we are off and running and we've got a good show again planned for next week. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.